0: You can choose Hmm. to expand or you can choose to let your fear win. And I think at the end of the day, my job as a coach is to make sure that no one's fear ever wins. I'm your bodyguard against fear. Welcome to the Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life.
1: All right, welcome back to the Wayfinder show. We got a bit of a first here today. As you guys know, my co-host Adam Lacy uh just moved to South Carolina. He actually went back last week to came back here to Denver, picked up his family, drove out west, drove out east now uh back to South Carolina with them and I think he just arrived like yesterday. And he's still getting his bearings, and and with that, I think it uh, moved into his new home and everything. So I think uh, because of that, we um, we he may or may not join us at some point throughout the recording. So apologize to all the listeners; you're gonna have to put up with me on my own today. The pressure's on, man.
0: So, it's but I'm very lucky.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm very lucky because we have a gentleman here who uh, I've been I had. Just mentioned, I had actually not heard of this gentleman for a while, and then through uh, I think it started with one of our early um, recordings with Lena Dubove- Dubovea, and uh, she mentioned this gentleman, and then we had a few other guests, and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, with social media and the internet, and the way it goes, it's like you hear a name and it knows everything, and now this guy's like everywhere I go, and his name is uh, Aaron Velke, and uh, Aaron is. Um, He's just a deep guy. He's he's uh, he's written uh, books and, and coached and uh, he, he wrote a book about coaching girls, actually, in sports. Uh, he's written about empowerment through sports, uh, finding good business partners. He started a movement called the Money Club, which is pretty interesting that uh, he's uh, written and talked about travel hacking, which is another interesting to talk, thing to talk about. But um seems like most recently, Aaron has been. Uh, talking a lot of uh, coaching a lot around fear of failure and getting out of your own way which I would really like to dive more into. Uh, And then it's obvious he's a renaissance man so who knows where this can go. Uh, He's a deep thinker can go in a lot of different directions but without further ado I'll just introduce uh, Aaron Velke. Aaron welcome.
0: Great to be here Luis. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah thank you for being here man. It's exciting to have you.
0: Yeah we got lots to talk about you know I think there's there's such a cool synergy when you've gotten to talk to some of the, me, the most amazing people I know, their, uh, their they're friends, their clients, their companions, their adventurers, all the same. So it's, it's really cool to bring this full circle.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's been, we just rattled off like four or five names of previous guests who I can connect all back to you. Uh, and, and they were all mind blowing guests, you know, it really got me thinking and, and uh, motivated me and inspired me, and uh, you know it's kind of good to know who who it is that they go to for that. So well, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. So tell me, let let's start a little um, at the beginning. Like, how how did all these things? How did you tie all of these different things together? You know, like Money Club, travel hacking, coaching, uh, girl sports. I mean, how how does that all come together? And maybe later on we'll even talk about where it's going. Well. It's
0: easy looking at all of it to look back on the journey. This is actually an interesting day to have this conversation too. Today is the day that I quit my job in May of 2015. So this is my eight-year anniversary having left uh, the working world, if you want to use that phrase, working for somebody else. And it's, it's really easy to look at all that stuff now and say, man, there's so much that's happened. There's so much that has been created or so much that has been accomplished. How did you do it? And, and you, you don't have that luxury in the building process. You just build. I will say though, there are, there are probably two things that embody me and who I am that are at the core of how all that happened in eight years. Number one, I am relentless in the pursuit of creation and like the artistic process. You just create, you just paint the art and I did professional art for a little while. I I made canvas and all kinds of abstract designs and hung them in different places and restaurants around Baltimore. It it was a really cool phase. I did some digital art too. And and when when you think about art, what everyone goes to is like something like the Mona Lisa. That was one painting in thousands of paintings. To get really good at art, to get really good at creating anything, you have to create thousands. You have to create multiples. And I'm relentless in my pursuit of that process, how you create, Hmm. just create it, let the work sell, let it do what it is meant to do. And if it doesn't, that doesn't stop the process, just keep creating. So that's number one. And then number two is I'm, I feel like I'm pretty resilient when it comes to whether or not something that has been created or intended to be successful was or not. You you can't shake me off of my path. I'm just going to keep going. And the only way I know how to get through hard times is, is to live into it, lean into it, and get to the other side of it. So even when I'm doubtful or fearful, which I am, even when I'm scared or not confident, which I am, I'm just going to keep going. And when you put those things together, I've just produced as much as I possibly could and not given a shit what anybody else says, if they don't like it, that's okay. It didn't need to be perfect. It was done. The next one, the next one, the next one is the way I look at it. I'm just here for the next game right now. I'm on this show with you. I'm not worried about what happens after this. I'm not worried about what happens tomorrow or the next day. Is it on my mind? Of course. But if I'm in game mode and I'm here to create and I'm here to share, I am here for this moment. I stand where my feet are. Very present. Indeed. Yeah. And that's not easy. That is like, it's said easy, but it is not easy. It takes a lot of intentional thought to do that.
1: Those fears and and anxieties that you get that you're resilient through, what do they, um, give us an example of one. Like what's something you've been afraid of that you did?
0: Mm, Many things, you know, the, the last year has taught me a lot. I'm a, I'm a new dad. I've been scared shitless of being a dad. Yeah. What that looks like. Congratulations. um, all all of the things that come with it. I think the other that, so that's a loud one. The other is, you know, as, as what I do starts to expand and more and more people want it. I, one of the things I'm afraid of is how do I get it to not be me? And there's a fear that if I teach people and show people and coach people on how to do, the things that we're doing in Get Out of Your Own Way, the, the retreats, the, the corporate programs that we have, the one-on-one coaching. If I show someone how to do that, am I necessary anymore? And that's not a very practical sentence to say, but it's a real fear that I could lose my mojo by sharing it with someone else. And I don't subscribe to that, but fear doesn't have to be rational. So it is something that I experience if, if we take the magic sauce and we make it duplicatable is it as good? And again, the, the evidence is all that, yes, it gets better, right? Look at somebody like Tony Robbins. Look at somebody like Dan Sullivan. Look at somebody like Colonel Rogers like or yeah. Colonel Sanders, whoever did KFC, right? <laughs> he took his recipe and made it scalable. And it didn't make it less valuable. It made it more valuable. Yeah, and That's a fear that goes through my mind for sure.
1: And that, that makes sense because with coaching, right? It's almost like people hire you. To coach them, right? Mm-hmm. So the fear would lie in, you know, it's not it's it's not like a KFC. You you, you don't have an agree you can teach a million people to do, right? Like right. it's you. So so how do you do that with such a intangible service, right? I don't know if well, that's the right description for you
0: No, it's a, it's a great it's a great way to describe it. There there are two ways, in my opinion, and we're working on these. One is you build a framework. And with a framework, a system, a structure, someone can get the same methodology that I use, right? Think about um, the methods that we know in various different industries. We know how, um, how cars are made and multiple car manufacturers exist, all slightly different, but we know how they're made. We know how uh, food producers make the food. We know how music and music is made. So we can take a good 80% of that and make a model, we can make a framework, we can make some duplication. And what that really requires is for me to get out of the way. So I've got to take my own medicine and say that someone is capable of doing it at the 80%, the 90 percentile of what I'm capable of doing, if they're trained, supported and nurtured. And that unlocks a lot more change that unlocks a, a lot more impact. That's the goal, right? That is my mm-hmm. entire mission. That's that's exactly where I'm headed. I see it every single day. So I have to do that, right? I have to come up with ways to do what I do and what others do, because it's not just me, to build structure. That's number one. The second is to recognize that when you want to elevate, and, and this is not just for a company, this is for a person, for an individual, et cetera. When you want to elevate, that happens down and up simultaneously. So I have to build the floor and help extend the ceiling. If I skip the floor part, right? So if I just said, okay, I'm I'm raising my prices and the business is growing and we're not gonna help anybody where we used to. Well, now I'm going against what the mission was. Instead, if I say, How do we build stairs to help people grow and get where we know we can help them and where they can get a specific outcome? Let me build the stairs there. And let me also install an elevator and go to the next level up. Hmm. Now you bring people along for the ride. And one thing I've learned through this entire eight year journey is that the more I grow, the more space I create for others to grow underneath me. And that's Mm -hmm. been what coaching has been all about. I will go up two steps. I'll learn how to do that. I'll figure it out. And then I'll make those two steps easier and smoother for you. And Mm -hmm. if I continue to do that and build the stairs, someone can follow me. And they can join in the journey. And they can figure their own way out. And they can get out of their own way so that their life changes, their business changes, their family, their community, whatever it is they want to see change in, they can do it. But I do believe that you've got to build the stairs for someone to come along for the ride. And as you push for growth without those stairs, that's when you start to see the gap between what people want for selfish reasons and what people can impact. If you want both, in my opinion, and both are important, if you want both, you will need to build stairs and an elevator.
1: Hmm. When, when you're building the framework, going back to that, and you said how it, it unlocks more impact. I would imagine that 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 impact that's a unlocked is what creates the growth right what creates no, the it is that what also like unlocks like some of these other ideas that you have to go in like
0: for sure is that it you
1: know. like would you would you say you started with you know one like you know money club let's say and as you grew it and and you built a framework for it, it unlocks something else, right?
0: definitely, yeah, okay. it's like a cool video game, right, where you just like keep keep leveling up. yeah, uh,
1: you go to the next level.
0: so we'll start with travel hacking. So travel hacking was something I did when I first quit my job. I didn't have much money, so I learned how to get flights without needing to pay cash, yeah, and that started to grow and grow and grow, and eventually, I taught that to enough people where I could make a framework. It became an online course yeah once i understood how that worked it could happen without me people could get the same amount of magic without me needing to be in the room i didn't have to share thousands of hours yeah well what that also did talk about stairs and elevators is it allowed me to level up and say okay what's what's the next level of this look like so i have the online course and then for business owners especially those that are starting to really grow and accelerate i work with them one-on-one and we build a strategy You can travel the world. You make about 10 grand a year in travel credit. I charge four for it, but we go. Well, the same process started to happen in different categories. I started coaching entrepreneurs at a low level, built more frameworks, built more frameworks. And now people call me when they want change, when they have enough frustration, pain, or opportunity in their life, and they're met with a sense of being stuck or being unable to turn the potential into kinetic energy. I'm I'm somebody that they can call and I will help them make potential energy, kinetic energy, potential energy into real results. So in a strange way, it's the same process. If I can homogenize the experience and make it the same for everybody or as similar as possible to everybody with consistent results, then I have a framework, then I have something that can grow. And what I think has happened just based on feedback externally is that we've built really good structure and frameworks and systems to help people through their change. If you're underperforming, if you're not living the life that you want, if your business isn't growing the way that you want and you're in some kind of pain, whether that be emotional, mental, maybe business oriented, whatever it is, we have structure to help you change that. And Mm. if I do this, let's say for the next 10 years, The compounding effect is so massive that everything grows with me. This number of stairs grow with me. So what you might see in Google is like, man, you've got a lot of steps that you've created. Just wait, because I'm playing this game for a long time. And and the more I create, the better I create. And some of my work is absolute shit. It's not that great. But Mm -hmm. I know that on average, if I paint a thousand paintings a day for the next 10 years, eventually, I don't know which ones. I never know which ones. But eventually, yeah. one of those pieces will be a masterpiece. And that's, that's all that I think about is let's keep creating. I've got the right intentions. I know my intentions are clear and pure. And I've got good sense of direction and focus. And if that's true, I just keep creating over and over and over. Stairs follow behind me. The elevator is ahead of me. And I'm going to make a dent in the world. And that's through the people that I help that also go make a dent in the world. And that, to me, is a, a life worth living
1: that's that's great do you tend to attract a certain uh kind of stuck you know a a certain area where people are stuck in more than others you know like
0: yeah there's there's usually a couple common denominators i'd say one of the loudest is uh, i'm not fulfilled i'm not happy Mm -hmm. and and that can be in a variety of ways that might be my business isn't growing the way i want it to and i don't feel financially like it's becoming it could also mean my business is growing and like it's it's. Good, it's solvent, it's pouring out cash, but my lifestyle doesn't match with my values. Most of the time, the person that it's experiencing stuck doesn't know what that is. What they right. just know is what it feels like. And the way that it often feels is that you're in a tight jacket, your arms don't feel liberated, you don't feel emotionally liberated, you don't feel financially liberated, you're you're boxed in, you're cornered. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're feeling like uh there's no way out. That's usually the way it feels. Mm-hmm. The the second more common one, I, I wouldn't say more common, but the second experience that many people have is they look around them and they're they're riddled with comparison, right? Comparison's everywhere. We often do it. We're like, that person's killing it and that person's crushing it, and that person's perfect. And with all this comparison, what they have recognized in themselves is that they are somehow limited, despite feeling like other people are unlimited. Mm-hmm. So They look around, and they're like, man, all these people are doing amazing things. Like, why, why am I the one that, that is stuck? And they may not have recognized that they're the problem. And if you're mm-hmm. listening, you might be the problem. If you're clear that you are capable of more, and yet you can't find the problem, it's because you haven't looked in the mirror. And that is a really harsh realization and it's not a comfortable thing to say, but my job in many cases is to give you the truth in such a way that you become empowered by it rather than strangled by it. And most people are strangled by it because they refuse to recognize that it's their hands holding their neck. And once you make change in, Hey, I'm, I refuse to be my own nemesis here. A lot of really good things change. And I like to be the bearer of those things. Not because I like to be the one to, to tell you uncomfortable truths, but because I like to be the one to watch you unlock and shoot off to the moon.
1: Mm. Yeah, that must be really rewarding. It is. So, where where do you where do you start with that? I mean, we've all felt that way at one time or another, right? I like I, I I've gone through it a million times in my life. Like, well, I just feel stuck. You know, usually it was when I had a, a you know quote unquote real job. <laughs> you know, I, I just did like I. I yeah. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm not fulfilled. I, you know, I'm, I'm stuck. I I should be doing better. I should be doing bigger things. Right. So how how do you, how do you unlock that? I can honestly say I don't feel that way right now, which is probably a rare occasion, That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, how would you unlock that? Cause I, I I've talked to people in the past and I go up to them to talk and, and I just can't even put my finger on it. And I, I've, I've struggled with coaches because they, they don't, Know how to, and then I just realized okay, I'm not, I'm I'm wasting my money here, my time. You know, it's not going anywhere. How how do you unlock that?
0: So I ask a lot of questions up front, and what I'm listening for is what's not said. If you can say Mm -hmm. what was wrong, you wouldn't be where you are. Yeah. So I'm paying specific attention to the minute details. I'm looking at your body language. I'm looking at your eyes. I'm looking at way your facial expressions change, to find the clues to the things that aren't being said. And part of that is learning as much as fast as possible and picking up on the clues enough to follow the breadcrumbs to the thing that is right in front of you that you can't see. But to do that, I have to ask a lot of questions. Once, once the, the questions start, and I'm able to read a little bit of the terrain for somebody, like where you're stuck and what's really going on and what's unfamiliar, maybe what's causing pain, then the next immediate thing that I'm looking for is what's your belief about this pain. So here's what happens when, when we start to get stuck or frustrated or flustered, or things don't go our way, We create a ridiculous narrative around how that came to be and why that is. We might say, well, it's because I fill in the blank. We might say, the reason this is happening is because. We might say, it's not my fault. It's because of. Whatever story we've created around why we're stuck is part of the problem. And in that moment, if I can find where your pain is, and not not the thing that you say when you're like, ah, oh, man, this isn't going very well. I want the thing that's like this is hurting. And if I don't fix this, there's going to be major, major consequences. I want that level of pain, the pain that's underneath the, the like flashy exterior that we all have. Then we find the story that's connected to that. And in the story, I will tell you everything about your limitations because the story is your limitation. And if we can drag that out of you sounds unpleasant but i do believe it to be a cathartic process if we can drag that out of somebody we can change their whole future most people are strangled and suffocated by their context their story if we change the context we change their future now that's not to say that you can just make average decisions you got to make some really bold courageous choices but the the catalyst for so much change happens when someone's belief shifts when, when we talk about limiting beliefs, I think it's often very abstract. So let me give everybody listening a, a clue into this. The definition of a belief that we use inside of Get Out of Your Own Way and that I use every single day in my own world and in my own mindset and awareness of it is this. A belief is your choice of truth. As soon as you accept that you've chosen your truth as your belief, you can change your whole life. So you might say, I'm not pretty enough to be successful. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. I don't need help. There's another good story. Lovely stories, in fact. So much so that they become our beliefs, they become our choice of truth. And as long as it's your truth, anything that you hear will bounce off and you won't be able to digest it. So if you say, I don't need help, and I say, how can I help? Ping, it's gonna bounce right off. If you say, I don't, I don't need help. The strong people, they don't need help. Ah, no, I'm strong. I, I can do yeah. this on my own. Well, anything that comes in that differs against that, you're going to reject. I don't need a coach. I don't need help. I don't need a mentor. I don't need a course. I don't need education. It's going to bounce right off. And that's how we get stuck, right? Things just keep bouncing off us that are the right option. They're the next door to the next level, but we can't even see it because we're too busy parrying all these things. And I think that work in identifying beliefs, limiting beliefs, whatever they they are, is really about, can we hear your story? Can we see your story? And maybe address the trauma, maybe address some healing, maybe, maybe there's some work in there to to change. But until you know your own narrative, you're pretty positioned to be stuck.
1: Hmm. Going back to the beliefs around the pain, right? The pains, what do the pains usually look like? Well,
0: there's plenty of, of small, subtle things that you can start to hear. I used to tell myself that if I suffered more, it'd be worth it.
1: It'd be worth it.
0: It'd be worth it. Right. That more suffering meant more in the long run. So Hmm. I would work myself to the bone. I mean, I would work every hour I possibly could and not just Working every hour, that that's okay. I think it's fine to to put in that kind of work ethic. But I was putting myself in positions where like there was no healthy out. There was it was not a good thing to be putting my time into because it it was just suffering. But my belief was if it hurts more, it'll yield more. Very unhealthy belief. It came from no pain,
1: no gain kind of no pain, no gain,
0: right? That's a terrible, terrible belief. Right. That works when you're at the gym. That's about the (laughs) only place it works. Still need
1: to have recovery though, or else you get injured.
0: Yes. Right. You still need to work. And there's, there's like good pain and bad pain. Right. Right. Like when your arm hurts, you don't say like, well, this is healthy. You go eventually get it checked out. If it, if it right. persists for a week, you got to go get it checked out. Cause it's not, it's an indicator of something wrong, but that was one of mine. Right. Another has been, I don't deserve it. So when coaching started to grow for me, when I, I got busy enough that I had to up my rates, what, inevitably hit was I'm not worth it. Hmm. And and here's the reality. There is like very little evidence that whatever you put into a coaching container doesn't come back in multiples. Let's say for example, it it costs you a thousand bucks to do coaching just to make the math easy, a thousand bucks. Well, if I show you how to make a hundred dollars a month, that thousand dollars only takes you 10 months to make back. And then you have the rest of your life to be ROI positive. If I show you how to make $5,000 a year and it costs you $5,000, you've got the rest of your life to be ROI positive. If I charge $50,000, well, I only have to show you how to make $50,000 once for it to be back to zero. Right. But in our minds, for whatever you do, if you're listening, you like, we get wrapped up in this, like, I'm not worth it. I don't deserve it. Someone is going to pay me that much. And mm-hmm. it's just a story. It is just a story. That's not to say you need, like you can just skip steps, you need to know how to sell, you need to be able to deliver. but generally speaking, you can definitely create that kind of value, create that kind of service, and get there. It's just your context and your story that might not match. yeah
1: makes a I, lot of sense around the that, um
0: can I finish this thought real quick because it just it's oh, just, just kind do. of coming to me. please do I think that when when we recognize what we are capable of and we understand that we are designed to grow and expand consciously, emotionally, financially. When when you like really adopt that as a belief, I am meant to grow, I am meant to shine, I am meant to create, I am meant to evolve, I am meant to help others. When you like actually adopt that as a belief and all the fears start popping up, one is going to outweigh the other. And for most people, they let fear outweigh their possibilities, their futures, their impact, their growth. And everybody listening, and this is a great reminder for me, should keep in mind that whichever one of those you choose is your truth. You can choose Hmm. to expand or you can choose to let your fear win. And I think at the end of the day, my job as a coach is to make sure that no one's fear ever wins i'm your bodyguard against fear and that's a really fun task and responsibility but ultimately everyone that signs on and everyone that comes to a retreat and anyone that comes on from our corporate program like they they have to choose that no matter what happens they're going to make the dream come true because mm-hmm. that's what they're meant to do and you can't let fear win can't let fear win
1: yeah you know i think that's why um like working for the man, right? At some point, like you, you want to. We all start off somewhere. We want to climb the ladder, right? Like we want to keep growing, growing. But oftentimes, you get to a stage where you know you you have to pay your dues, like you know by putting in the time, right there. Yep. And it, a lot of these old institutions are are designed so that you you're stuck there, right? And that's that's oftentimes when I see, I know most of the times when I felt most stuck, that's where I was. All right, I got the new job, great, you know you. You you learn it and you 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 learn to conquer it and everything for a year or whatever it takes, and then you're still stuck there for another couple of years because they won't promote or move you up or all that. And it's just yeah. kind of that's oftentimes when I see when I felt that way and when I see it with others, right? And and then they get to that point where it's just like they're stuck, they're so high up they think that they're just stuck for good yep. because they they may not go any higher there and they can't imagine leaving, right? There's just too much fear around that so they the, the fear of that stability often keeps you from growing right or perceived stability
0: yeah I get it I, I mean golden handcuffs are a real thing yeah and I mean but
1: what now with business it's a little different right being your own person you're always looking to grow and that's the exciting part of it right even if it's not going well you know with business at the time like I I like I love it every day I wake up I go I no longer like care so much about how much money am I going to make that day, or whatever? You know, I I know I can pay my bills, and I'm I you know, but I want to keep growing, uh, get it to a certain point. And oftentimes, ninety percent of the things I do are failing; they're not helping me grow, you know. And then every once in a while, you get into that self doubt, right? Like, well, maybe it, it dragged down for too much longer, and you're like, oh, I'm stuck. You know, I I can't get it to grow anymore. What do I do now? I'm I'm just stuck, you know. Um, and and you start to have other doubt, like maybe I should go get a real job again or something like that, right? Do you, do you yep. see that those kind of things?
0: Yeah, and I deal with them, right? The, yeah. I think the faux pas is to think that a coach has it all figured out. And to me, if a coach says they have it all figured out, they're shit. Yeah. Because they're, they're hiding something, right? They're, yeah. What, what I believe in is that, one, if, if a coach can't level with you and tell you about their fears and what they deal with, then something's wrong. And that's not to say that the the session is all about them. That's just to say that they should be able to help you through, through empathy, through leadership, not through like, I have all the answers. And if they have all the answers, then it's clearly not about you because it isn't about my answer. It's about what you need, right? right? What, where are you and what's the best solution for you? And if there's a degree of bravado and, and like, aggression and ego in, you know, I've, I'm going to get you to this finish line and I'm going to help you and I'm going to, you know, save you. I am going to rescue you. We're coming at it from the wrong way. I think you're an amazing human being and I know you're capable of more. Do you, Would you like some help on that pathway? And if if we were so different, I wouldn't be able to help you, right? I, I deal with all the same shit that you do. I deal yeah, with all yeah. the same fears. The difference is that I might have tools, I might have different methods, I might have different strategies for how I get myself out of a dark hole. I might have different strategies and methods for how I take a negative emotion and make it a positive one. And I might have a faster uh, like muscle system for how I take a loss and make it a win. There is probably a lot of repetition that I have that most people don't, right? If I look at what I've done in eight years, just in those eight years, I've done a lot more than most people have. I've also failed more, knocked my head more, made mistakes more, said mm-hmm. the wrong thing, sure. way more than most people. So I just have a, I have, a, I have more frequency. And that's what helps with helping others, is I can lean on my experience. But I encounter these same things. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. No one's gonna like me. They're gonna think I'm lying. Maybe they think I'm a fraud. I'm an imposter. I'm a fake. I'm a phony. Like th- these are all things that pop up in our mind. We just have to have a good relationship with that voice. I have named my voice and I encourage most people to name their voice. My, my guy's name is Bruce and Bruce sucks. Up, Bruce? Everything Everything I say, right. Bruce is like, don't say that you're going to get outed. you're going to be, they're going to think you're phony. They're going to think you're this. And I'm like, I have to have a good relationship with Bruce. Yeah. If I want to make change in the world, I also have to help other people have a better relationship with their voice. And one of the the best things I've ever done, man, is tell people, dude, my, my negative voice is way harsher than yours. My negative voice is what, what forged me, Bruce. I'm very grateful for Bruce, mind you. And that's, that's an important part of the equation. Bruce forged me. Bruce made me who I am. Bruce was the one that like, he, he taught me, he conditioned me. He told me you need to win. You need to train harder. You need to get more done. You need to focus. You need to get your act together. Like that's who he was. That played an important role, but we had to change our relationship. I had to change rules. Bruce wasn't in charge of me at a certain point. He couldn't be, he was just violent and, and indifferent. And now Bruce is a tool. He's an important register of my safety. He helps me understand, am I taking a risk here? are you doing something that's foolish? Are you, are you not, are you afraid? And now, now he's like a good system for knowing whether or not I'm growing. Cause if I'm growing, Bruce ain't happy. Why Bruce? I was a big Batman kid. Oh, okay. I was a big, um, comic book kid. So, you know, the, the way that the way that Batman was always projected, right. Yeah. Uh, Part, part of the, the damage that came from being a kid and looking up to comic book heroes is that they wear a mask, right? Yeah. But in, in the case of Bruce Wayne, like I think about this a lot. The harder character to play in the movie is not Batman. Batman's an easy character, tough, yeah. strong. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping your voice to get shit done, right? Like that's Batman. The harder character is Bruce Wayne. Absolutely. He's, he's the chameleon. He needs to blend in. He's a billionaire, but he's obviously outcast and he needs to somehow fit in. Well, in my mind, Bruce was always that negative voice. Bruce was like the, the like, be reasonable, be safe, be, be blend, hide. Yeah. And Batman was the brave, the courageous, the doer, the go-getter. And it just happened to stick one day where I was like, oh, that sounds like that sounds like what Bruce would say.
1: Yeah. Who am I? Yeah, I wasn't expecting such a deep answer, <laughs> but I guess I <laughs> shouldn't be expecting. You know, I shouldn't, uh, I, I should only expect that from you now.
0: But uh, <laughs> let me,
1: going back to the the growth piece, I guess it, there's two other questions that come to mind around this. And I'm just trying to put myself in different mindsets. Like today's been a good day. So I'm not really feeling those, but I'm trying to put myself in days when they haven't been that great, right? When Bruce has kind of dominated my day. So um, one of them is, again, those days where I'm just like, all right, I've grown as much as I can grow you know, and I don't know, I was, I was dealing with an internal dilemma, actually, earlier in the year, I ran a marathon, and it didn't go as well as I wanted. And I'm, and I've kind of felt lately, like in the last year or so, like, I've, I'm plateauing, right? Like, I had a whole bunch of years of big PRs and all that. And now I don't have them so much. And I, so I, I've been there, there's an area where I can give a specific example, like, I'm wondering, do I have any more growth? Mm. And if so, and it's, okay, you know, I'm I'm dealing with it, okay, you now but you know, if not, like, is that okay? You know, that kind of thing. How do you deal with that circumstance? And, and I used a running example, but really it's a business one too, right?
0: Yeah, it goes everywhere. Well, let's debunk a plateau because I think a lot of people experience a plateau and they immediately go into the negative. Yeah. I think a plateau is one of the most important moments for people. And a plateau happens for one of two reasons. Either you don't have the skills to get where you want to go, or you don't know where you want to go. So when we hit a plateau, we have to re-identify, we have to re-evaluate. It's a, it's a signal that you've crossed a certain threshold and you can no longer make choices the same way that you have. That the person that you've become is different from the person that you were. Otherwise you wouldn't be in a plateau, you'd still be in a growth phase. And most of us get freaked out because we're like, man, I've been growing, 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 growing. And now I plateaued, I guess there's a problem. And the reality is that the plateau is a phenomenal benchmark to say, wow, I'm somewhere new. And now I get to choose my direction. I get to choose where I want to go. So imagine you and I take a long hike and we hit a plateau on a hike. And in front of us are many, many, many mountaintops. Well, if we're on that plateau, we've got two decisions to make. Which mountaintop do we chase? Which one do we climb? Or do we have the right gear? Do we have the right mindset? Are we prepared? Are we skilled enough to make that climb? Mm-hmm. I was in Greece climbing the, like Mount Olympus and we got to the checkpoint a couple hours up and the, the guy was like, dude, if you're going to make the next ridge, you're going to need like significant gear. We were in like tennis shoes. <laughs> like, we are <were> just <laughs> not ready. <laughs> so we knew, okay, we understand where we wanted to go, but we we don't have the skills nor the equipment to make that. Yeah. And I think plateau has become a negative because it feels like a purposeless departure from our speed. And the reality is that that's only one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is, okay, we've solved a bunch of problems. We've, we've grown, we've changed, we've evolved. I'm a new person now. And looking at the same hike doesn't do it for me. I've got to identify the next one. Yeah. And instead of like barrel rushing, we slow down and we say, Okay, let me be intentional, right? When you finish a marathon, the first thing that you do is you recover. You got to rest. And the same thing happens in business and growth. If you've been barrel rushing your way through and you just pick the next shiny object, you're going to do some real harm. You got to rest and recover and say, okay, it's been a heck of a year. It's been a heck of a six months, been a heck of a three years. Let's find our new target. Let's like really re-identify. Otherwise you end up with no, no real direction. You got a logo with a compass. A compass was the first logo that we built for what now is called money club, but at the time it was called mm. Oris Academy. And that compass is really important. Where do you want to go? If you don't have a fucking clue where you want to go, stop walking. And mm. what happens in a plateau is we like rush around because we don't know where we want to go. And then we're like more lost, more frustrated, more fatigued, rather yeah. than just accepting and surrendering to what beauty a plateau is rest get clear identify your target reevaluate your values and the things that are most important to you because the rules have totally changed at this new level and if you can do that plateau has a real
1: significance for you yeah what about the opposite of that when you've gotten to a point where you know you're at a plateau and you don't just want to go to that, you know, maybe it's a false summit. You don't want to go to the next summit. You want to jump, you want to go all the way to the, to the top, right? Like get on the helipad and, you know, helicopter and get to the top or whatever. Um, And uh, obviously it's a metaphor for business. Like, you, you know, oftentimes, you know, I'm now a middle-aged man. I've, you know, worked hard. I've done all the right things or what have you. And I feel like I should be, you know, running, jll cbre or or one of those big real estate brokerage companies right like not uh my little company here right what um how Uh, would you tackle that one
0: the the first dig would be what's the why i think our ego can be a a large root of that i think Mm. there's plenty of magic in wanting to get to the best of the best of the best and there can also be a a disconnection from, from us internally as to why we want it. So spending time on the why is, is always a, a place for me. Look, I, I want those things too. And, you know, growth is a, a part of not just my my business, but it's a part of my service. So it's it's very much front of mind. What I've learned over the last several years, though, is that the admiration of such a large target often comes at the cost of identifying the process and what we can all benefit from. And what we get out of your own way, spend a lot of time on is what's the process that's going to get you the outcome on the long run over and over and over and over. I don't care that you can win one basketball game against LeBron. Anybody gets lucky. Even a garbage can can get a stake. but how are you putting yourself in a position to win on a regular basis? Right. What we celebrate is victory. What we often don't talk about, though, is how victory is acquired. And in any business, in any field, in any craft, in any art, I am so fascinated by what is the process that gets you this result all the time. Right. Think about some of the greats, greats across time. Think about Alexander the Great, Michelangelo, uh, Picasso. You think about, uh, Prince, Michael Jackson, like what, what made them so successful? When you look at someone at that stage, they have a process that makes them incredibly successful over and over and over. And then over yeah. the time of their career, then it's like, well, you got to the peak. But I think most of us want to take the helicopter up and just like skip that, that process. And if you, if you somehow find the helicopter to take you up to the top, it's not sustainable because you don't know the process This is why lottery winners go broke. Yeah. They don't have a process. They don't know how to manage. They don't know how to keep it. They don't know how to maintain Mm -hmm. it. So first is the why. And then next is the method. If you can tell me the why and the how, then we can go faster, right? We can Mm -hmm. accelerate. But until you do those things, I would question someone making a significant investment into those pathways. If you're going to do it, make sure you have those two dialed in first.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Well, on that, I think uh, it's time for our famous Wayfinder 4. So I know you're familiar with them. So we'll just get right into it. What, right. uh, what is a hack that you use every day?
0: Every day? Uh, or this, this is my remarkable tablet. Ah. Uh, this is my journal. This is my PDF reader. It's my magic in a box. It is the single best. Thing I bought, remarkable. If you're listening, I sell a whole <laughs> lot of these for you. I know I, I, know I use your referral link. Sponsor my, this
1: uh, man, man for <laughs>
0: real. Uh, so I use this tablet for everything. It's one of the best pieces of technology I bought. I get to journal in it. I can write in it. Huh. I can type in it. It's where I keep presentations. It is the organization of my life. Organization is one of my superpowers, and this is one of the tools I use to do that. But I keep meticulous notes on clients, people, ideas, dreams, figures, thoughts. Uh, Fears, all of those things I keep in here, and this goes with me everywhere, and it's flipping magic. So I use this every day, one of my best hacks.
1: Okay. Nice. What about a favorite? Mm. My favorite thing,
0: one of my favorite things to do is to go to a city and walk around. City I don't know. I don't have a direction in mind. I just wander. And it provides a great antithesis to everything in my life, which is very intentional and is very, Directed, uh, but it has been a, a great favorite pastime of mine is to just just wander a little bit and see the world and and be open to whatever happens.
1: I love that. You know, my favorite thing to do is get lost. Yes, <laughs> just yes, go somewhere Patrick. and get lost. My kids, it's funny because it, my kids on road trips, we would um, we'd go somewhere and I just pull off a random highway exit, like ah, oh, that looks interesting, and like I remember one time we were driving through South Dakota, heading from east to west, and. I kept seeing the sign for wall drug, wall drug. We am like, I'm just going to take the wall drug exit. What, is, what could it be? We had a friggin' blast. My kids loved it. I, mean, I don't know if anybody's heard of this place. It's got like, it's a shop like that in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. It's not even right off the exit. And they got all kinds of crap. It's like a, like a Spencer's at the yeah, mall yeah. on steroids. You know, it's really <laughs> fun. But That's and they, awesome. to this day, that trip is like one of their favorite things we've ever done. I, I just love that going cities, same thing, you know, and actually somebody was asking about bucket list items. That's one of the things that I want to go where I don't speak the language and just yes. go wander around and get lost I love right that. in the city. I just think it's an awesome thing to do. My yeah, kids call it like, pulling up poppy. <laughs> I like
0: it. I like yeah. it. I think it also is about presence, right? Like there's yeah. you just you're there. You're not anywhere yeah. else. You're just there.
1: Yeah, totally. I'm with you, man. I hadn't thought about that consciously till you said it. I'm like, man, this is my kindred spirit over here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what is something you would tell your 25-year-old self? Hmm.
0: Damn. Uh, okay. 25 years old. So I was just about to quit my job then. Uh, I was thinking about it. I was coaching soccer. Um, was that your last job? Uh, no, I did that through uh, maybe 24 all the way till 2020. I coached a lot of athletes. I published a book on it. Like it was my whole life for a while. Hmm. Um, but at 25, I was, I was doing that in the evenings and I was managing an apartment complex. Um, I, here's what I would say. I would say, Aaron, there's a lot of attention that is going to the way you look, the way that people see you, the way that people get something from you and in a world where everyone is out for themselves and for the, the vanity of it. I hope that you will continuously and regularly check in with how you are helping others before you are helping yourself. and. Remember that all of this will end at some point. So keep on giving, keep on living through helping others. I was really scared of that then.
1: Yeah, I get it. I used to be afraid of the same thing. You're afraid you're going to get burned or some people are going to take advantage of all that. And now it's like, yep. whatever, just give if they burn you. So what? Move on. Right. Like it's their exactly. problem, not yours. Yep. Totally get it. How about, um, how about, what is it that you think keeps people from being happy?
0: They don't know who they are. They don't know what they care about. Ooh. They don't know what they stand for. If you can't tell me who you are, if you can't tell me what you value, you'll never be happy. And most of us live adopted lives. We look at what works for other people rather than determine what works for us. In so many ways, we live by FOMO and comparison, a fear that someone else is doing something that we're missing because we're not there. And comparison, a fear that we're not good enough compared to someone else, which means we're not where we are. We're not who we are. And if that resonates with you listening, then you probably don't know who you are either. And until you know who you are, you can't build a life of meaning. You can't build a life of fulfillment. You can't build a business with impact and leadership at the core of it. And you can't change the people around you because you don't know who you are. And when you figure that out, the world opens up, you feel less pulled, less rippled and waved against what you know you can say no easy you can say yes clearly you can be excited you can be joyful you can watch your friends win you can watch your family doing the simplest things you can watch your your business grow and change and you can stand still in the midst of chaos and know that no matter how bad the storm is that you'll figure it out
1: wow that was Another deep one. You got me thinking on that one. So what um Aaron, if people want to know more about you, how how can they go about doing that?
0: Well, the best place to go uh is social. Find me on social. You can just search my name on Instagram or Facebook on LinkedIn. Those are the, the most active channels. If you want to visit our website, it's are you in your own So you can go there and it will put you in touch with us at get out of your own way if what I'm saying to you today speaks to you, please, please feel free to reach out. We don't bite. And you don't have to buy anything to make contact with us. Uh, you can check out Let Her Play. That's the name of my book. That's on Amazon. And if you want to check out any of the courses that I've made through through Money Club and contributed to from top to bottom with an amazing team there, uh, you can go to wearemoneyclub.com. So those are the, those are the places you can find me you can also just google my name and half that stuff will pop up uh, but i'd encourage yeah. you to to reach out and say hello i'm a dm away i'm a message away i'm a call away and there's easy yeah. ways to get to me don't be don't be confused that because someone is here or on a podcast or on a pedestal that they're not approachable everyone's approachable
1: yeah thank you and and when you say to google you uh, absolutely I, I googled I was overwhelmed <laughs> with how much you got out there so you you really became uh the danger is going to be that you know you're just gonna pop up for everybody everywhere <laughs> so, as soon as they put in your name but um yeah Aaron I can't thank you enough for being here I think I'm gonna actually get to meet you live this fall you're gonna be at the go abundance emerge conference in uh, Chicago uh at the end of September and I'm, I' look forward to you know shaking your hand and and uh and meeting you live and um, i'll give you a big it's been great yeah I and I also gotta say we've um it seems like somehow we're attracting a lot of coaches here on the wayfinder show. And, uh, and a lot of them are really, they're excellent. And they're, you know, it, it seems you guys really get us thinking a lot about ourselves and, you know, get us into introspection, which is always good. But also um, I, I can say something about you that really stands out is you, you, you really, a you, you really process oriented and everything, but just like how you, how you described your, your 25-year-old self, you you have an amazing amount of uh selflessness about you, like mm-hmm. wanting to just give and and you can feel that thank here you. in talking to you. So I really want to thank you and for for sharing so much with our listeners here. So thank you, man.
0: That's thanks, a Aaron. Really special compliment. I appreciate that a lot. And um I'm grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you, Aaron.
0: We hope you've enjoyed The Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.